Chanel. Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode 92 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia. And the guy, welcome back on the other screen or in your other ear, if you are listening to the show, it is Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Brendan, and thanks for listening. That's the show this week. Okay. That was uh, almost as short as the one I put out on the audio yes. channels last week. Uh, thanks to the brilliant. subscriber who picked me up on that, by the way, because I actually didn't know that that happened. Yes, I know. That, imagine that. Imagine if we just wandered through world, thinking, <laughs> wandered through life thinking that a one-second episode was going to make any difference. Well, the, the, coincidentally, I would called the episode the quickie because it was literally just yes. a filler while you were away. I didn't mean yes, it to yeah. be one second long, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that was good. So yeah, thank you for the uh, subscriber yeah. who. Picked for those that of you up, who but... don't know what we're talking about, um, I posted the YouTube clip and it came up no problem. But then when I posted it to the audio channel, it lasted for one second, and it was literally me going, uh, and that was it. So, <laughs> so what <laughs> happened there? I don't know. It just didn't upload properly. I have no idea. Just a gremlin in the system, Cameron. Oh, um, okay. Come up. It's one of my pet hates uh, with my shop. So, <laughs> you know you. I run a Windows-based operation. Yeah, I told you about this. Is that is that this is that where I'm going wrong? And yeah. uh, you know, so I've got like I don't know six or seven networked PCs there, and you know, anyway. Long story short, I'll do nothing, like literally nothing, and something just drops out, like part of the network collapses or something just disappears, and then I'm looking at IP addresses and I'm looking at you know, the network I'm trying and it just does my head in. And sometimes it can take like two hours to solve right. the problem. And, you know, but so I've you know, done you, nothing for that to happen. That really, you know, how, you, know how to, you know how to fix it. You just turn everything on and off again, off yeah, and on that's again. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Just that's reboot that, that's everything. Tech, tech Talk 101. Yeah. That's right. Uh, except that yeah. it doesn't work. So anyway. No. But, yeah, but I'm I'm good, mate. Um, thank you for having me back on for another show. I'm really excited to be here, and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good. Uh, what are we? You just said we haven't recorded since, you know, like almost two. Oh, weeks we had ago. A, we had a week off. Um, it yeah, is yeah. now spring. Welcome to spring, everyone. Yes, how good is it? It is good. Um, I guess it's just, but everyone just says the same things. Like, where is this year going? Yeah, yeah. Where is this year going? It's September, Cameron. It's going down the toilet real quick, I reckon. Um, it's super fast. Yeah. You know what happens in spring, though? It's like, you know, it's funny. Like the first day of winter, everyone, oh, first day of winter, and it's usually like sunny and 15 degrees. Yeah. And then the first day of spring is usually crap. Yes. It's usually, oh, thank God spring's here. Oh, it's 12 degrees, sideways yeah. rain and wind. Humans so, are funny, aren't they? They they see the calendar turnover and just ex expect Mother Nature yeah. is just going to change as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mother Nature goes, oh, shit. Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, hang on. Spring, sunshine. Yeah, that's um, right. We've had spring. We've had spring down here for, I reckon, about almost a month. I reckon it's been spring-like down here. Yeah. So it wasn't. It uh, wasn't the coldest winter ever here in no, southeastern no. Uh, southeastern Australia. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, welcome to spring, everyone. It's going to be good. Tomorrow's uh, temperature on well, Saturday's weekend temperature in Melbourne looks pretty good. Twenty degrees on Sunday. Goodness me. Um, I will be up in the Mallee, so I would, you know we should probably you know, not be even warmer. You know what the AFL should do? Just have a buy. Why would anyone want to play football at 20 degrees in sunshine? When it's so, And to guarantee the first week of finals will be pouring rain and... Most anyway, likely. That's a, this is not we're a not a footy show. show. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, definitely not. Um, so the August photo comp has finished. So thank you for mm -hmm. everyone who has entered. Um, over 60 entries. Give it up. 
That's awesome. Very, very impressed. Um, There's no good ones, but they're all there. Well, there's 60 entries. It was the same person entered 60 times. <laughs> I noticed a friend of ours. I noticed a friend of ours entered late today. Oh, very good. Yes, Mr. Mr. Glenn Lavender chucked an entry in, so automatically disqualification. Hello, Mr. Lavender. He clearly listens yes. to the show. He makes out like he's too cool for school and doesn't listen yeah, to the down south photo yeah. show. But he came on here once. Reckons he owned it and walked off. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pretend, pretended of, that he didn't know the name of the show. Come yeah, that's on. right. Exactly. I know. And then, you know, if anyone had a spring name, that'd be him. Well, absolutely. Hello, Mr. Lavender. Yeah. <laughs> See you in bright. Um, oh, yeah. Have you, oh, what kind of collection of people are they bringing to BFOP this year? Well, me for one, uh, as, yeah. a, as a pure visitor, but uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's eclectic. That's a word that wouldn't probably pop up too often with this group. <laughs> um, so we've got Glenn, we've got you, we've got me. Uh, mm. Five-star Dan's decided that he's coming up for a geezer. Goodness me. Um, what could possibly go wrong? So that's anyone good. that's listening is coming to BFOP, uh, I would start getting a little bit fitter beforehand yes. in the drinking department because I think it's yes. going to be a bit of a row. Not just with us. I think it's just going to be a rowdy BFOP. They're usually pretty out, out, out there, but... This year seems to be building up to be a bit of a wild one. Okay. And, you know, but, why not? Why wouldn't it be? I like it. I like the sound of it yes. already. Cameron, you've been into one of Australia's most magnificent areas over the last week. What, uh, within ref- five metres of Tom Putt? No. <laughs> referenced by your background. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah would you, oh, is that a segue? I was trying. I you, you had a week off. You, you, you're out of form. I had a week off. Um, I had a week off. I went to Flinders Island for a bit of a, a man down. I yep. may have called you at some stage. Uh, can you remember? Well, apparently we <laughs> ate. Apparently we ate dinner that night, and I don't remember that. Well, there you um, go. Okay, you, you know me pretty well. Was I in good form? I can't really. I don't think I was that. No, bad. It was great. It was hilarious. Okay. No, there's not. There's nothing better than a room full of drunken <laughs> people FaceTime you when you're stone sober and trying to get shit done. It was brilliant. No, I loved it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so our timing was impeccable. All right, let's get on to the backgrounds before we incriminate someone. Um, yes. So this, yes, I've just come back from a, a lovely little five-day trip up to the Tarkine. Um, this is taken on our third morning, third or fourth morning. Uh, it was a bit of a foggy, wet uh, night, uh, and we woke up to this in the morning. It was just stunning. And then the sunlight came through and just lit up those rays in the forest, and it was really like shooting fish in a barrel from this lookout where we were. Everyone got shots practically identical to that, which is great, uh, which is what it's all about, making sure people get the shots they want. Um, but, yeah, it was really, a really good time. Um, we had a great group of people, probably one of the better groups I've had in a long time where things just went into the gutter straight away. Like from from the get-go, from the, the first five minutes in the car, we knew exactly what kind of group we had, uh, and it was good. So um, hello to everyone that came along. So yeah, I've been up there and had a great time. We got back yesterday, um, had a bit of a day off today, and that is caught up on a few things. Epic light you've got going on there. Uh, it's it's you. nuts. It was nuts. How um, good is that? And I haven't really done. I've, all I've done is added a little bit of contrast to that. Uh, what worked really well at this shot, which we all picked up, was the foreground was getting lit up with sunshine, so you get that nice little warm color temperature. But the background um, was still in the shade, so you still had that cooler color temperature so it's so it's actually, good you, yeah it's really cool you yeah. got the layers you've got yeah everything so yeah sensational um, and the background up where the back around the tree here 
there's actually a bit more height to this shot. This is trimmed down because of uh, good old Zoom and social media. But there was actually a lot more sort of you can sort of follow it around a corner. But yeah, we'll we're, we're pretty happy when we saw this. And um, you know, as you do when you run workshops, Brendan, you're sort of thinking, oh, I've got to get people in the right spot at the right time. And mm. I took a little not I wouldn't say I took a gamble, but I took a little bit of a punt to get to this lookout at the right time. I thought it could be a fair bit of fog around this morning. This is a good spot for fog. And then we hit the jackpot and like dividends. Right so absolute dividends. That's great. It's, it's um, amazing um how the stress drops off when you sort of nail a, a shot and you go, yeah. When when you're doing a question without notice, when when you're doing a workshop and you get a photo like that, are you keen to show people the image? No, then, I don't want to show anyone. I, 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 I walk away from the group and go do my own stuff down the road. And <laughs> no, I, I know um, that's yeah. Not if, true. if we, <laughs> if if we get a shot like this, or I wouldn't even say a shot. Like I was, I was shooting, but I was probably one of the last ones to sort of really get clicking into what was going on. So, um, but if I see something, then it's like, hey guys, you need to point down here. Get your long yeah, telephoto okay. lens yeah. on. You need to shoot like this. You need to make sure. So the instructions on here were get that get right into the forest, get, you know, that landscape within landscape and don't blow out the highlights of the fog. That was the two instructions. So watch your exposure and make sure you don't blow out any of these sort of hotter parts of the fog because you'll just get blotches of white on your shot. So yeah. that was the pretty much the advice we got. And then this is just, this is probably about 10% of the whole scene we could see. So with the longer lenses, you could move around everywhere. Yeah, and the light was changing around like those oh, different I, rays I, I could coming just through. See, and... Like you're spending ages, you know, yeah, is isolating just even individual trees behind you there. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we did that. So it was really it was a lovely moment. And um, like I said, I think I don't think anyone shot under 200 mil for this sunrise. So everyone was shooting at 200 mil or more, awesome. uh, right down into the, right down into the forest and just filling those frames up with awesomeness. So yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, speaking of. Um, I'll just cover up my background here and uh, whoops, hang on and go. So um, what you're looking at there, that was uh, if anyone did bother to look at episode 91.5, I had another shot with a big uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it? Container ship coming in through the heads. Well, this was the pilot boat that actually came in just before it to literally guide it through the heads. Um, and there was some fantastic swell going on. So, what I've sort of over the last 12 months, what I've started doing a lot now is basically just using two lenses when I go on a shoot and it's yep. ultra wide and massive zoom. And <laughs> rarely do I need that middle ground. I don't know. It just sort of suits my eye, my mood at the moment. That's sort of what I'm, yeah. what I'm shooting. But here, I mean, the, the distance from the wave to the boat is probably about 200 meters. Uh, and that's what lens compression can do for you at big zoom. That wave looks for all intent and purposes like it's right on top of the boat, but it, there's a big gap there. Um, yeah. And the waves were rolling in at such a rate that I, it was great. I just I just had to wait for that wave to add that extra foreground element. Um, so in grand total, I'm probably, I want to say 800 meters from that boat. And then that wave's 200 meters closer to that. And then I'm 600 meters from the wave. So that, that's what we're talking yeah. about here, being able to zoom in that far with these kind of lenses. So I really yeah. enjoyed um, shooting that night. I think I messaged you while I was there and just told you like it was it was really yeah. happening. The other thing that's really cool, I'll just really quickly say, is the, the amount of detail in the actual uh, whitewater of that wave in the foreground. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's got, got some really light, nice light layered up, up as well because of the low light. Yeah. 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 And that's cool. And I didn't really, I didn't, for some reason, when I moved to Tassie, I didn't know anything about pilot boats. I had right. no idea about boats using a pilot boat to go in and out, but it's amazing what they do. And they're pretty cool to shoot because they, they generally, they're pretty out there. They get into the wild conditions to help these ships come in. So yeah, look, I don't know um, any of the, any of the stats on their engine sizes and stuff like this, no. but by oh, geez, they get going. They do. Yeah. And the, and yeah. the pilot themselves or the boat driver must be pretty good because like i said they'll go out and guide ships in all types of weather and stuff like that yeah. so i think i, I, I seem to I seem to recall someone was telling me that the actual cabin part in here can move independently of the rest of the boat to keep them level yeah. um right. to certain to a certain extent like that they, they, they yeah, can, right. they've got a further 10 degrees of stabilization because they need to be able to see the big ships and mm. see the the uh yeah. the path that they take yeah right um, we have a, a, a friend of the show who does a lot of work with that kind of uh, industry, um, Cheryl, who I'm doing some macro workshops with next year. Uh, she works for a tugboat company in WA. Yeah. So um, she goes out in the tug sometimes and helps them bring the boats in. So ah, so well, that makes sense industry. because she was one of the first people to comment when I put this up on Facebook, this photo. She said, I love this show. Yeah. She's a bit of a boat nut, I think. She's a boat nut. With that. Without, I don't know if it's a nice thing to say about someone, but I just said it. Sorry, Cheryl. Um, if you uh, yeah. happen to be listening to the show and want to see our photos, one of them will go up as photo of the week on the on the Facebook on the website. How about that? Oh yeah, hey, I haven't updated that in the last few weeks. Sorry, that's all right. How about you put um, your Tarkine one up there, and that'll be on dsps.com.au. Oh, you are getting so good at these plugs. Um, funny you mentioned about wide angle and two cameras and lenses. Yep. Um, I'm finding myself doing a similar sort of thing these days. Is that I want to have that new nice big lens of mine ready to go, but I also want to have some wide angle stuff going. Mm. Um, so like you said, you can sort of get those beautiful scenes with a bit more detail and foreground and, and mid <laughs> mid ground and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a bit like that. And I had a customer today who's coming on the Flinders with me and she was asking about lenses and I said, what have you got? She goes, I've got a 100 to 500 and a 24 to 105. I said, just bring them two lenses. That's all you need. You know, yep. we'll cover the rest. You can do wide angle. You can get right into it. So, um, Again, I think we've said it a million times on this show, telephoto for landscapes, you, you cannot write them off. You need to take them out with you. Oh, I, uh, think because you I think you, they're it and a bit. I'm a huge fan. Well, if you, you were standing on that, where you, I know where you've taken it from. You take that with a wide-angle lens, that becomes not even a shot, what you've got there. No, you wouldn't. Be, that, you, can't, that, you can't get it. There'll be a yellow speck, uh, orange speck, that pilot boat. Yeah, that's right. So I think people need to be a bit more bold, I guess, and actually get into their scenes a bit more. Hmm. Um, even with your wide angle lenses, but I find people just stand way back from where they need to be. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to, as long as you're not throwing a shadow or something like that, don't be afraid to get right over your subject and really bring that foreground to life a bit. So there's a little bit of a tip. So don't stand back too far, get in there and enjoy it. Yeah. So I've, I've got to the point now where I'm shooting. Uh, so I've got my OM5 and I've got my M1X. Um, I'm actually kind of, fallen for the am1x when i first got it and you know why i got it because they were basically giving away the 100 to 400 lens at the time yes. when you bought the m1x yes. i think you did exactly the same thing um my my intention was just to sell it i was like yeah, yeah. i'll just get it keep the lens sell the body whatever i started yeah. using it and i kind of like it it's right. i think i like it because it's a lot of camera um and i've got these the bigger, stupid yeah big man hands so i you know, it's a yeah. lot to hold. Was it OM5 serves a purpose for hiking and that sort of stuff, but it's a small little thing. The EM1X, yeah. I don't know, just gives me an extra 
bit of confidence when I'm shooting with that thing. I, I like holding it. I like putting it up to my eye. I like it's fast, like it's faster focus. Yeah. The, the screen's really active and on point. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I do like I, that camera. It's funny, you say, it's funny you say that as well because I find that the OM1 I've got is good, but it is just a little bit small, especially with the bigger lens on it. So if they could make them, like the those AM1Xs are fairly light, but they are still pretty chunky. They are. But I reckon if I reckon if they could somehow find that weight to be build a great camera that's still light but has a bit more oomph to it, yeah. I, I think I'd be interested in that. Is that something that's a bit bigger in your hand? Yeah, you're exactly right. Where where even if they like a grip, I mean, can you get a, yeah. a grip for the OM1 or? Well, you can, but even like a, just an empty grip. So that's no, what I was going to say just... because your grip holds yeah. two batteries, right? So yeah, so you just run a run a run a OM1 with no battery. Could be you, right. just in, you just invented something, Cameron. Well, let's let's release the Down South Photo Show um, batteryless D- dummy. Grip we'll, call, we'll call it the dummy grip. Well, that rings true for us too. <laughs> a couple of dummies. <laughs> dummy with a, not much grip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I, th- I think you've raised a good point. If you agree, mm. hit the like thing down below and yeah. give us a comment. Do you do you do you want do you want dummy grips? Then yeah. let us know. Yeah, it's funny because it's, it's always that paradox, isn't it? Where oh, great, this has got a lot of it's more camera, but by Jesus, it's yeah. heavy. So, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, well, like maybe you could make one like out of three D printer or something. What about an inflatable one? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like a laugh, foam, what about just a fake foam one? <laughs> a foam one. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. What a Kevlar carbon fiber grip. Well, you remember when you used to go to the cameras, the camera shows, and they'd have all the cameras on display, and you pick them up, and they're just a shell of the body. Yeah. Why can't they do that with grips? Like this lens here. This is a fake yeah. L-series yeah, Canon coffee lens, cup. which is actually a coffee cup. But it's got yeah. nothing here. Um, there you go. A battery grip that doubles up as a coffee cup. Speaking of junkets, uh, those ca- those camera show things that I used to go on with oh, Camera yeah. House, oh, my God. Those were the days. Was, I don't know how I survived people, a couple when, of them, to be honest. Those are the days when people had budgets. <laughs> to throw around on people like us. The, people, yeah. the hardworking salespeople. Um, we've got a we've got a topic tonight. Let's move into our topic. I saw this comment on um, social media. It was actually on the Micro Four Thirds Facebook group. Now, for those of you who are I unfamiliar, been the, I, I've been on that group for years. Yeah, I, I don't just saw it come up, and um, right. it was I don't know. It sort of piqued my interest because I think it speaks to the way a lot of people think about. For modern day photography, mm-hmm. let me put this another way. I think it speaks a lot to the way more mature people might think about modern day photography. People in their forties and fifties might think about photography these days. Is it? Oh, is that older? Be careful there, Brendan. Well, more mature. I mean, if you're in your forties, like you know, well, look at us. We're not mature. <laughs> you're in your forties. Well, um, you know, 40s. When, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just think with photography over time. Like anything, of course, like anything, you mm. you learn so much and you apply different things and you be, you sort of you, you sort of develop your own your own beliefs and the way things should be done and things like. That. Anyway, let yeah. me just read this to you. It's a bit long winded, but bear with me. Um, right. And then we're going to sort of unpack drink. it. We're going to unpack it a little bit. So this was. Uh, I, so I'm sorry. I should probably accredit it to the person who wrote it. There. I, I don't. I don't even think they put their name to it. To be. Honest. I think it was some weird. You know, at seven eight nine Olympus dot org or something. Um, I know him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
they say, as a photographer for 53 years, I know that we all have preferences for how an image looks, but I see a fair amount of, in quotation marks, too sharp, unrealistic colors, too pastely, too close, too wide, too grainy, etc. Science tells us. So basically what he's saying is people are commenting that this image is too sharp. It's unrealistic colors. It's got too, so the comments that images are getting, that's what people are saying. He says, hmm. science tells us that we don't need to, that we don't all see the same color intensity, the same sharpness, the same shadow detail. Now add in the differences produced by multiple lens brands, multiple camera brands, different camera settings, additional filters, etc. Is there one standard for the color, the sharpness, the grain, the highlights, or the shadow detail? What about photos from the past decades? Are they now inferior and not worth our time? Remember the F64 group, which we will break down at the end of this. Uh, bokeh was undesirable back then today subjects have to be isolated from backgrounds and the background must be creamy of course all i'm suggesting is that there's room for variation this is art just as much as when a painter includes or excludes objects or backgrounds uses bright or restrained colors razor sharp or abstract images there's always a standard for the time period and time doesn't stand still so i read that I was like, man, that's there's a lot going on there. But I think I agreed with a lot of what was said there. Just to fill people in, Cam, on what the um, F64 group was all about. Um, from my understanding, it was a group back in the early 1900s when photography was sort of just in its infancy. I think it had Ansel Adams and the it had a few others from San Francisco. And I think they were or a group of people that sort of went out uh, with a similar sort of photographic style, like landscapes or something like that. And went out and all sort of started shooting together. And I think from there they, you know, I think we might have got like the zone system out of Ansel Adams, but it might have been a few other things that came out of um, of that group. Ansel Adams was the founder of the group, so I'm assuming it was a. I would say it was a bunch of nerdy guys taking photos, maybe a couple of women as well. I'm not too sure. Um, uh, and they went out and probably created their own rules and you know talked about compositions and things like that. So. Um, Given, given it was, was called it. the F64 group, I'm, I'm going to imagine that they were talking about front-to-back sharpness in landscapes in particular. Most because, likely, yeah. Can you even yeah. – is F64 even a thing? <laughs> uh, on some of the large format lenses, I believe it is. Well, there you go. Uh, so it was actually created by Ansel Adams and William Van Dyke and a, an apprentice of uh, Edward Weston decided to organise their fellow photographers for the purpose of promoting a common aesthetic principle. So in the 1930s, they established a small photography gallery in Oakland. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's interesting so, yeah. in itself. They, they they wanted to create a common aesthetic <clears throat> principle. They, they, it's almost yeah. counterproductive. They actually wanted to pigeonhole photography yes. into a, to, to look a certain way. Well, this is the thing as that's well. That's kind like, of interesting, isn't it? Well, it is in a way. And what, what that person said that you've read out there as well, the, the science tells us that we, all, we don't all see different color intensity, but... There, there is science to photography. Like there is a science to it. You know how the light works, how the film used to capture the light, how the, all yeah. the chemicals work together. So there certainly is a consistent process through photography. You know, you take the shot, the light does something, it reacts to something that's light sensitive, it then produces an image at the end, either on a sensor or on a screen or on a print or whatever. So th there is consistency in the process of taking a photograph in a science form. But when it comes to art and what's too much or too little of each thing, again, I think, you know, that is art. Um, 
you know, if you want your photos to be dreamy and creamy in the background or not, that's the artist's choice. Um, if you want, you know, if you want to have your horizons in the middle of every shot, of, as opposed to someone who doesn't, that's that's your choice. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting topic of conversation, that's for sure. Especially, like I said, in this day and age where people just go stupid on critiquing and pixel picking. Yeah, and yeah. And I, I get the stuff. feeling... So, I get the feeling this guy's jack of all that. I yeah, get the I feeling yeah. that this guy's saying, you go out and you create what you want to create and don't yeah. just do it. And don't let anybody tell you that that's not a good photo. If you think yeah. it's a good photo, it's a good photo. Um, yeah. Which, which is, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. And, and part of the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm actually judging for the Colac camera club this week. Um, I'm oh, going to be good, there on Monday them. night. Yeah, there's going to be some sad faces in the room. No, well, before you I'm go, joking, before you go, before you go into that, when you're saying that people, like you know, this person's sort of saying, just go out and shoot and enjoy, and don't let anyone tell you. Yeah, that that message I give out a lot as well because so many times I have people on workshops who come up and say, oh, I'm part of X camera club. I don't know. People come and show me. What do you think of this photo? That's oh, that's yeah. a lovely photo. Well, the person the judge didn't like it. They said this and didn't do this. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot like that anymore. I want to try and shoot, but I want to shoot their way. I'm like, but that's yeah. one person's opinion. Um, really, photography should be an extension of you as a person, whether or not it's emotional or whatever it is. You know, you know, you follow what you love and you shoot what you enjoy. And so you're right. Like people just need to turn off the external bullshit. And just focus on what they enjoy. And that's, if that's taking photos, then who cares if someone likes them and doesn't like them? That doesn't make any difference to anything. Yeah, but I think I think you know, not to get too philosophical about it, but but I think there has to be a baseline, right? Where where an image looks good for certain reasons. We talked about our rules last week, and and yeah, the the in inverted commas rules of photography that yeah. people adhere to to create pleasing, aesthetically pleasing imagery, which is what it's all but about. Why do we, but why do we care? And then that's right. And that's that's the question I'm raising is why do we care? What what difference should it make? And I think a lot of it comes back nowadays, and we we do say mention this a lot, is this social media and you know, people put their images out there. Yeah. If you're gonna put your images out there, they're going to be critiqued, whether you like it or not. My image, your images are judged every time someone looks at them, right? Every yep. single time someone looks at an yep. image. So what you're trying to do, I guess, is is you know. It's on one hand, it's like, yeah, go out and do your own thing and, and and you're in charge of what you think is a good image. But on the other hand, I think for me, being a commercially driven photographer is I've got to, you know, I can't I can't put dog shit on a canvas and try and sell it, right? It's gotta be What are you talking be, about? I've been to your shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I've I've got I've yeah. got to I do have to appease the masses and to do that, I have to follow certain rules yeah. um that create half decent photos you know to because i think i think living out of this thing but i think it goes to a different level as well like you're taking photos you know if you pull the layers off you're taking photos to appeal to people that want to buy them so that that's one that's one part of your 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 photography journey one part of it yes but and but in and this is probably maybe you might we might differ we might be similar but but do you care if someone doesn't like your photo no like if if you're not no. trying to sell it, if you have no interest in selling that photo and you put up one of your cracking shots that you do, 
Like, is there any part of you that goes, geez, I hope people like this? No, 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 no. Um, what, yeah. what I'm getting at is I need to keep in the back of my... Okay, so the other night when I went over to Lonnie and shot all these, like the, my background photo, I, I probably got, uh, I want to say 20, 30, what I would call keepers, photos that yep. I'm happy to, you know, put in the gallery or show or whatever, that sort of stuff. I never shot any one of them with that in the back of my mind. Yeah. The way I that, shoot is is yeah. what pleases me, what yeah. makes a good photo, not what makes a sellable image. But that, that's what I'm saying. I, I I think that's exactly how it should be. But I think where people go wrong, like you, you and I are a bit more experienced maybe than some other people that are shoot or people starting out. I'm the same as you. I, I like the photo behind me. I took that photo. I go, geez, I, I really like that photo. I think yeah. it's a lovely, yeah. a yeah. lovely shot. If other people like it, great. If it sells a workshop, awesome. If people want to buy a print of it, great. But really, I don't care because I like it and it's my experience and I was there. What I think is going on these days is that people are coming into this game of photography and they won't put up their photos because they don't think people will like them or they won't take that shot because oh, that's not what everyone else is shooting. We've lost the – I think we've lost a bit of our individuality with as being photographers because we're trying to appease the masses when really what we should only be doing is worrying about ourselves and expressing our, our feelings and thoughts and whatever through our photography and not giving a shit about what people think about them. And yeah. a lot of people come back and say, Oh, that's easy for you to say, because you know, you, you do X, Y, and Z. I want people to, you know, I want to be recognized in my local camera club or I want to sell stuff. But my advice to people would be if you turn off that external noise, your photography will get better because you won't be so, distracted by the noise that people are telling you because you know, someone will like my shot, someone will say it's shit yeah. or someone will like your shot and someone will say it's no good. Yeah. So you're going to go down a really dark rabbit hole of trying to appease everyone. Yeah. If that's, if that's what you're wanting to do. Yeah. And and that's where, um, you know, this guy, sorry, I'm assuming it's a guy. I shouldn't do Mr. that. Miss, it, Mr. or Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Said, you know, what about photos from the past decades? Are they now inferior and not worth our time? You know, yeah. and 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 they they have a point. And in so far as um, if you look back at photos from even twenty years ago, um, I mean, it feels like we it almost feels like we ran out of <laughs> ran out of ideas for a while there. I think yeah. I don't know whether that's changing now and now whether there's more different streams of photography that are becoming more accepted now. Um, particularly abstract photography, you know, I mm. I remember like back in the day, I used to try a bit of that stuff and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd put a, put a, you know, a one second exposure on and zoom in at the same time. Wow. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> you know, it looked camera, awful. In, it intentional looked, camera move. Yeah, and it looked frigging awful. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, but I was trying stuff and, and I guess you've got to sort of see what does and doesn't work. And again, what pleases yeah. you and what doesn't, what doesn't. I think I, suit yeah, your I, style. Yeah, well, I think that's the style's the word, I think, because I think people don't get people don't look to try and create a style. Yeah. Which I, I think I think is very important as an artist. Doesn't matter what art you're in, you know, whether or not you're a musician or you're a painter or you're a sculptor or whatever, people have a style. Like you can turn on music from A C D C and you'll know off the first couple of notes that's them because that's their style. Yeah. Or, you know, Ken Duncan's photos, you put them up, you go, That looks that's a Ken Duncan sort of feel. Yeah. Um so I think that's something that people don't try and strive for is to create their own style because they're so busy trying to appease 
all these other styles that are people putting up there. You know, you get on Instagram, you're like, oh, that abstracty aerial stuff, that's cool. I better go do that because that's what people like and might buy. Then they go, oh, hang on, there's there's wide vistas with huge landscapes. That that's really popular at the moment. I'll go and try that. And they're editing things differently and they're they're shooting things differently. And it just becomes a jumble mess. Like you don't know what the person's trying to to capture or what style they're trying to portray. Where I think the ones the people that do grab a style might be a bit more successful with what they do because people recognize them. And they they like the style that they do, and like yeah, it goes all over the arts. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting one, but yeah, um, it, it was just a, it, as I say, the way this person phrased all of this, it sort of struck a chord with me. In so far yeah, as yeah. you know, it's it's it never ceases to amaze me. Like I, today, a, a, a lady came in into the shop, um, and she had these two absolutely stunning seascape photos that were taken in ocean grove in fact they were taken at the um the end of the beach just before you cross the river to barwon heads cam where we were for our yep. um yep. our workshop back in january or february yep. whenever it was and and she got the 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 grasses and um she got a bit of the barwon heads bluff in the background and i said to her i said this is an absolutely gorgeous photo and she she was almost embarrassed like she was almost shocked like she's like really she wasn't even going to get it printed and i was flicking through it because she was looking for another photo and i said wait wait stop what what's this you know and and yeah yeah taken on her bloody iphone but she nailed it absolutely not and then she started showing me some other photos and i'm like where have you been all my life these photos are incredible like you need to and i wasn't just trying to get a sale out of it do what you want with your photos yeah but to me that kind of person yeah she was genuinely chuffed that i that i you know highlighted that her photos were so good. Um, mm. But she came across as the kind of person that's been felt the pressures of, you know, modern day social media and things like that. Oh, my photography's no yeah. good. Oh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not like rubbish. Your stuff's awesome. Yeah, and and yeah, the, every the time I said, this is such a good photo, you go, that. Yeah. But <laughs> the, re- the reason why it's not a good photo is because it doesn't have a thousand likes online. Exactly. I mean, and that, that's and that's what we, ludicrous. that's what we, somehow that's where we've come that that's the currency of photography if you're good you've got a whole heap of followers and you've got heaps yeah. of likes on things if, you, if you're no good it's the same with you know i, I mentioned her earlier in the episode cheryl like her macro work is phenomenal like i i would put it up there as some of the best macro work i've seen in australia for a very long time completely agree. and you go to her and you go to her and you say oh these are uh, these are amazing she's like oh no nah. the other guy from wherever he does really good macro yeah like, yeah this is the thing right no, people do the comparison it's like yeah. stop it no he doesn't <laughs> yep uh and the same thing like we took shots here um i had a customer say to me when i showed him the next day they go oh wow mine won't look like that. i'm like it'll look exactly like that we were there at the exact same time yeah it'll look like that yeah um so yeah like we we, we compare you said like you said we compare against other people we undervalue what we think is good because because it doesn't get many likes online or whatever. Um, there's some incredible photographers out there that have social presence, have absolutely no followers, no likes, no whatever. It yeah. doesn't make their photography any worse. Yeah, it just means that they don't play the social media game. Now I'm go- I'm going to completely butcher this guy's name, but I know a photographer with the Ballerine Camera Club, who's local like here. His name's Jim Denudian. I th- hope I said that right. He may or may not listen. 
I go to the Ballerine Camera Club regularly. I see their comps and stuff. He takes out their comp every second month. His photography is absolutely divine. He has zero social media presence whatsoever. He's not a professional. He's a hobbyist. He's an amateur. And any one of his photos would rival any photographer in the world. Um, He does a lot of bird life in particular. Uh, That's his sort of style, his thing. And my goodness, he just nails it. He nails composition, sharpness, all that sort of stuff every bloody time. Um, so and the most just... humble person ever. And I say to him, yeah. what, what are you doing, Jim? Like, you got to yeah. be, get yourself out there, man. He just won't do it. But you, you've just nailed, you just hit the nail on the head. So the two examples, three examples we've given about really great photography we love hmm. are by people who couldn't give two hoots about being on social media yeah. or popular. And yeah. you know what they've done? They've created their style real quick because yeah. they've had minimal influence from social media and other people. They've just stuck to their guns and go, I like this. This is what I like doing. Yeah. This is the bugs I like. This is the seascapes I like. This is the bird like I like. And that's how I like to shoot it. They're, they're ticking all the boxes of doing it correctly, as in, you know, scientifically as a photograph and all those kind of things. And they've got their style. And this yeah. is what miss this is what this is what's missing out of landscape photography. It does my head in. There's um someone said to me once, there's a, a guy who used to be here in Tassie who takes photos. And his style was a lot of shooting open open apertures through fault uh, grasses of mountains or you know he, he blurs that foreground out and just focuses on the background very simple sort of technique but very effective and this person's like oh have you seen this guy's work it's incredible he's getting like so many likes online and he's getting shared everywhere i'm like his shots are nice but they're no different to anyone else doing the same thing it's nothing new the only mm. reason why you might be liking it is because it's getting popular online and getting shared around a lot I said, but what he's done, he's got his style. He's nailed his style down. You can look at his shot and go, oh, yeah, it's probably one of his shots. So big advice to anyone out there is maybe just put the blinkers on a little bit more and just you know, don't listen to too much of that external noise. Take it on board, especially if you're getting judged and stuff like that. It takes a little on board. But if you think you're doing well and you're enjoying what you're doing, it's like anything. If you love it and you enjoy doing it, you're most likely going to be good at it. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes, um, particularly with camera clubs, and you, you know, you've been to a few and probably spoken yeah. at them and perhaps even judged images at them. Yeah. yeah. I'm not overly sure how productive those competitions are. In okay. fact, I quite often see it going the other way where people get downright downhearted because yeah. the judge said something nasty about their photo or yep. something that they took on board as being negative. When I judge yep. these things, I try really hard for the for criticism to be constructive. Yep. Um, and I, I'm almost apologetic when I get up in front of people and tell them exactly what I think of their photo, particularly if it doesn't resonate with me. But that's the first thing I say. This image yep. does not resonate with me. That means yep. naught. It means it's so subjective. It's my opinion. I'm just looking at it going, okay, this doesn't yeah. sit with me because this isn't right or that's not right. You could have done this. Yeah. You could have done that. And I think that's yeah. where the comps are good. I don't know that putting a score on an image is that productive for anyone. Yeah. Like literally uh, judging it, like literally having a winner and literally saying you didn't make the cut. And, you know, I don't know that that I like the fact that we can, we can offer advice on photos and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, I give this photo 11 out of 20. You know, it's yeah. well. This is this is one of the things, and I, I don't care how this goes down with anyone else that listens about this. But I was in the AIPP for many years, 
Yeah. And I, I stopped entering the competitions with the AIPP, both state, Tasmania, Victoria, and nationals, because it just turned into an absolute wank fest of bullshit, um, stupid voting things, stupid scores. You know, people people knew it was a boy, it was a boys and girls club. People knew whose photos they were. And if they had a big name, then they got good scores. Um, there was all these crappy themes, like you know, it used to be you could almost pick it, like the lead up to the state awards. It's almost like they had this meeting of judges that said, right, this year we're gonna do minimalistic snow shots. So yeah. get all those shots together, that's what's gonna win. And you pick it like a dirty nose, and then aerial came along and everyone was winning aerials, and then all these ridiculously huge composite landscapes started winning. And I didn't get any single productive anything that was productive out of those judges. Yeah. Um, they looked at the photo for three seconds and went, no, nah, no good, 80, no good, 40, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And it just it just destroys the soul of people that are trying so hard to try and get photos recognized when you've got people that just look at these photos and just wank on about them. And it's oh, not productive to Man, you can you can oh, argue no. that there's there's a reason the AIPPs don't exist anymore. Um, there was probably yeah. a fair that was one of the reasons I'm sure of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, like I said, I I I think going back to the whole crux of this, I think if people just focus on their style, um, enjoy what they do, you know, like I said, take things on board, absolutely take advice on board and take feedback on board. But don't swap and change to try and follow trends because it doesn't work. Um, you'll end up getting really confused and really disappointed really quick. So I agree. And um, just take yep. a telephoto lens at a wide angle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. And just do in, that just and you'll be it. fine. All right. Just enjoy. <laughs> just enjoy it. Enjoy it. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to comment about what we're talking about here on the Down South Photo Show, by all means, we do like your feedback. You can leave a comment under the YouTube channel, uh, under the YouTube um, uh, video. And thanks to the 620 people that have now subscribed to our YouTube channel, the community continues six, to six, grow. 621. 600 as we speak, Cameron. Um, yep. The channel continues to grow. Um, for those of you new here, if you'd like to hit the subscribe button, we would muchly appreciate it. It does help us grow the channel by subscribing, um, and we really enjoy your feedback. So hit us up here, go to our Facebook page or dsps.com.au and check out the website as well. Um, yeah. We have got time for a dear cam, so we'll do that in a sec, but let's just mix things up cool. a little bit. Beer donations this week, Cameron. Oh well, last two weeks actually we've been well, true. People are people are trying to get us drunk. I reckon. Although <laughs> you keep drinking water on there, what's going on? Mm. I know. I'm on the on the uh, wagon this week. On the wagon. So we've had beer donations this week from Mel H. Hello, Mel. And then we had and then we had another one from Mel H. Hello again. Mel. I thought I think I think he got the shits because he didn't get mentioned on the one second episode. <laughs> so he, went, he did actually. I think it. I did actually mention. <laughs> <laughs> I better get we better get another shout out to him. Uh Neil F, Brett W, Andrew T have all donated to our wonderful beer uh donation box. Um yep. so thank you for that. It's uh keeping us going. Yeah, I'm actually drinking a scotch tonight, so I'm not on the beer, but you know, right. So beer. thank you for that. Um so head over to dsps.com.au, you can buy us a beer. Uh again, it helps with keeping the channel going and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, head over to the website and do that for us. Quick Dear Cam. Dear Cam is a segment that has been running since episode one of the Down South Photo Show. It's a, where you get to fire in a question and ask our learned friend over in Tasmania there um, a question. And yeah. 
This <laughs> this comes from Mel. Oh, who's this Mel guy? I don't know. Jeez, it's not the same. Surely not the same Mel. This is a different Mel. Hi, gents. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say it's a different one. They'll do. Hi, gents. Smiley face. A question about white balance. Do you blokes set this in camera <laughs> to suit the lighting or do you mm-hmm. just go with auto and worry about and only worry about it in post-processing? Best regards, Mel. Smiley face. Thanks, Mel. Smiley face. That's a funny last name. Um, I, I shoot everything in auto white balance mm-hmm. and then I fix it up afterwards. Um, I have, I do, I must admit, I have a bit of a giggle about this sometimes with customers is you go up. I I like to set people up and not set them up to to fail, but set them up for their shots and all that kind of stuff. And, but every now and then I like to fire off. Okay. What aperture are we shooting on and why? And you'll usually get a few, uh, um, yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Or you'll get people that people just go, Oh, I'm on this for this reason. White balance is the same. I like, I look at people's camera and like, geez, it looks really cool. Color there. Oh yeah, I put it on cloudy white balance today, or I put it on, you know, whatever, you know, overcast, or I put it on sunny. Or why have you done that? Oh, just because I want to make sure the color temperature is right in the shot. And I'm like, but you can adjust it. That's one of the one things that you can really easily adjust afterwards. Um, but some people like to shoot in the mo in the in the color temperature they want. Yep. Others do auto. I'm in the auto camp. What about what about you? A uh, bit of both. Now um, on the fence. I- the reason I do that is because, so I shoot raw plus JPEG, like all yep. good photographers should shoot raw plus JPEG. Um, and I use quite often the JPEG as a reference shot uh, for color. So yeah. sometimes um, when I'm shooting, the color can get a bit crazy. Like if you're shooting directly into the sunset, like I was at the Summer Apostles a month ago, Um like uh, how else, like if you've got an overcast day or if you happen to be doing not landscape photography and like the one time when I was shooting a wedding once and um, I was told when I got to the church that there's no flash photography in this church. Would have been nice to know that before I actually stood foot in the joint. But let me tell you, there's no white balance setting for stained glass. So, you know, doing things uh, like, you know, checking my white balance and making the adjustments before I shoot and just checking them in like before I do a shoot and checking a JPEG file on my screen just to make sure that the color does look kind of like what I'm looking at with my naked eye. Uh, I I, I do. Yeah. And, and I'll, my white balance dial probably right now, if I check both my cameras over here, probably both set to auto. Um, Yeah. But um, if I find myself with a bit of downtime, like, you know, I might be waiting for a wave to come in or I might be waiting for a sunset or that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'll start having a look. Oh, what white balance. And then I'll, play around with it and yeah. as i say yeah. nine times out of ten though it's just so that i've got that reference shot so i can see that's going to be pretty color accurate uh, yeah. to the scene when i'm going to edit my version of it when i'm editing yeah. the raw file. so okay and again nine times out of ten it's accurate anyway but it's nice to have that little safety net if i'm unsure yeah i agree with the especially if you're doing like studio work or stuff like that oh, or, definitely you know yeah. flash work absolutely so yeah, good, good question, Mel Smiley Face. That was a good one. Thanks, Mel Smiley Face. Um, mm. Okay, so quick horror story from Cameron. Who? Um, yeah, very quick on. horror story. What, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give a shout out to anyone that's come on my Tarkine Photography Workshop ever. Can you please stop leaving your equipment behind? So I've run <laughs> a lot of these workshops. So far, we're up to two tripods, a backpack, a camera strap, a filter case, and there was something else that went missing on another trip. Um, do the idiot check. 
you know, turn around before you walk off from your location and just double check you haven't left something behind. So on this trip, we uh, had a tight, <laughs> the very last shoot we did, the absolute last thing we did on this trip, uh, we had one customer leave a tripod on a park bench. So hopefully it's still going to get there and pick it up. Uh, Five-star Dan uh, lost his backpack with his uh, coat and gloves in the back. That was pretty good. I don't know how that happened. Um, and then I've had customers on the previous ones where we had another tripod lost in a forest. Uh, we lost a strap um, in a big field of dried up kelp, you know, like the black camera straps that look like little yes. dried up kelps. Yeah, good place to lose one. So, yeah, if you go into places, just turn around and just make sure you don't leave stuff behind. Double check everything. Don't leave a tripod head. Don't leave a, you know, a filter case. Uh, for Christ's sake, don't leave a camera there because um, odds on it'll not be there when you go back look and, and i think it's fair to say that we've all done it so you know but uh no nope, never you've, you've never lost anything i've never lost anything haven't you i've never broken a camera oh hang on you, maybe i have whatever you've, you've what have never I lost? lost anything cameron hang on what now you got me thinking do i need to no, go back to episode 23 and check the tape or 23 Oh, yes, I did. Sorry, I left the lens. <laughs> I did. I le well, you know what? I didn't lose it. It was found. No, you didn't. That's right. But you did I lose left it for a little it. while. I left it there for someone else to pick up. You're right. But, I did by lose the way, that. I don't know if it's episode 23. That was a stab in the dark, but it's no, going to be a no, no. <laughs> no, you got me thinking. No, I did. I left it. So apart from that, I don't regularly leave things behind. That's right. Um, but I always do my idiot check. Or maybe that's what made me start doing is my yeah. that idiot act of losing that lens. Well played, Brendan. Uh, Sorry. I'm going to check 23 now. I got you off the long run, didn't I? But um, you did. Good job. Yeah, yeah. But I'm the same though. Like I've 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 lost heaps of crap. Like I, yeah. I, none of my lenses have got caps on ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can never find. I know they're there. They're going to be rattling around in my camera bag somewhere. But uh, yeah, the amount of times I've I've lost gear as well. Uh, I lost. I did lose yeah. a tripod once. Um, I. A real quick story. I was going on a family trip to New Zealand and I bought the Manfrotto B free tripod. Oh, yes. Little, yep. I and I bought those, that yeah. and I thought, oh, beauty, that'll be perfect for New Zealand. So, um, you know, packed it all in, excellent. Left it in the car in the long term car park for two weeks. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've lost two lenses. Well, there we go. See. <laughs> but I'm blaming I'm blaming Donald Trump for this one. Okie doke. I had a Olympus 75mm 1.8 lens. Ooh, only a lens. And when we went lens. to America, whatever, seven, eight years ago, and we had the hire car and mm -hmm. we drove into the Trump Trump Hotel where we were staying. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the valet took it out of the cup holder in my car oh. because within five seconds of us parking the car, I'm like, oh crap, that lens is downstairs. I'll go get it. Disappeared. So tell you what, I'll give you a funny story. We've got a couple minutes left, right? Yeah. So that was, am I going to incriminate myself? No, probably not. So I'll go ahead. Um, so I rang my insurance company when you're overseas. You know, you don't want to be doing that. And they said, oh, look, you know, go get a police report. You're covered for X amount of dollars. Um, you'll be able to replace it. We should, I may even be able to get the money to your way there and you can go replace the lens because I really wanted that lens to use. So I rang up the Las Vegas Police Department and I don't know I like much about story Las already. Vegas. This is great. I don't, I don't know much about the Las Vegas Police Department, but they're dodgy. So I rang up the lady, the lady officer answered, and I said, oh, look, I'm, I'm traveling from Australia. Uh, I'm pretty sure my lens has been stolen or it was in the car. I don't know if I took it out, but I'm pretty sure it's been stolen. And she's like, okay, so uh, just, ex just explain what it was. I said, oh, it's a lens that claps onto a, clamps onto a camera. 
Tamerlan. She goes, okay. She kept calling me honey. Okay, honey. Okay. Okay, honey. And uh, she then says, so was it attached to a, a, a camera? I went, oh, no, no. I've got all the camera with me. It was just that lens. And she's like, no, no, no. It would have to be attached to a camera, wouldn't it? <laughs> and I'm like, no, they can come off there. They're interchangeable. You know, they can go there. And she's like, honey, they have to be attached to a camera. And I'm like, okay, it was attached to my camera. Excellent. And what else was in the bag that was stolen? And I went, no, no, no. no it was just a camera bag, nothing there. And I thought she was trying to set me up. And she goes, look, just tell me the gear that you have in your bag. Um, and uh, what I can do is do a, do a police report for, for you about that lens. And then she said, we can email it through to you straight away. So I said, all right, my camera bag has this body and three other lenses whatever it was so i get this police report back in the email about five minutes later uh a police report saying that the entire bag has been stolen with all the camera gear in it and this has been confirmed by the las vegas police department wow so so pretty much she just sort of she did an insurance fraud that's what that lady did well that's right she was basically saying this is how we roll with this just this just is say yes had... just just not yeah. and not yeah. an agree because because um, she she looked through her um pre-written reports she had little tabs there for all of them ah camera bag yes. email address go done bang yeah yeah so i won't the the rest of the story we don't need to go through whether or not i claimed all that lens missing or the whole bag missing i can't remember to be quite honest but no did you put it all needless, on black needless to say we went shopping a few more times while we're in las vegas than you're in we vegas we that's right you put it all yeah. on black perfect yeah so there you go <laughs> nice uh cameron um what have you got coming up mate uh would you believe i'm off to the tarcon again next week um holy snap and duck shit, really <laughs> yeah yeah so this is all part of um the 50 percent off rebate deal that the tassie government gave me so i put oh, on so a second tour and, so jealous. and it's yeah, and it's sold out within minutes so so I'm off again with some wonderful customers, um, yep. and then after that, I've got I've got about a week and a half, two weeks off before I come up to Melbourne to do the tar- uh, do the Flinders Rangers trip. Yep. And then we get then we're getting into our territory, the Murray Mallee workshop. Oh, I can't wait! Bring it on. And uh, BFOP, which is yep. good. So, I think you're going to like the Mallee. Yeah, I am. I'm excited about it. It's yeah. going to be good. I, I think you're going to like because it's completely different to where you normally shoot. Um, yeah, have we got any? Have, is anyone good coming, or is it just all customers and stuff? We've got we've got eight absolute legends coming, guaranteed. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, speaking of, I'm up there. Uh, you're listening to this on probably well, you're watching it on Friday or watching it next Monday. But I'm going up this weekend to the Mallee, um, nice. scout a couple Father's more locations. Day. Gonna have Father's Day in Swan Hill. Um, nice. Should message my dad and say, come to Swan Hill and see me. He lives just down the road. So um good idea. Yeah, that good thinking, Cameron. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Um yes. all the dads that are listening, uh, or yes. watching. Uh or, yeah, so I'm or, gonna go up there. I'm actually people, yeah, you or go people ahead. who act as dads. That's right. Um, we are all inclusive here on the Down South Photo Show. <laughs> um I'm actually going up there to help my lovely mother-in-law. She's got some heavy lifting to do in the garden, so I'm helping her out with that as well. So That'll be good. Oh too. yeah, that'd be good. Um, cool. That'd be fun. Uh, do we want to plug the Great Ocean Road workshop, or do we, we just wait? Why till the next hell week? not? Why? Why would we plug the May twenty sixth to thirtieth Great Ocean Road four days five nights uh, workshop? I don't know why. We, I don't think there's any point plugging it because no one's going to come. No. So you know, twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, May twenty sixth to thirtieth. 
Uh, actually, we had a gentleman from uh, that area, from Lawn, Fantastic. on our workshop just gone, and he's given me some lovely, lovely, lovely spots to go visit if we get time. Ah, excellent. He's got some local secrets. He's got, and he's a great photographer as well. So okay. we'll talk about that off air. But um, yeah, Good. don't forget Great Ocean Road Workshop May next year. Be there or be square. Absolutely. Um, I think that's it. That's episode 92 of the Down South Photo Show. That is the podcast for this week. Hope you enjoyed yourself. It's good to have you back on deck, Cameron. Um, Thank you. Lovely to see you as well, Brendan. Will you be available for next week's episode? Mm, Possibly. Good question. Yeah, I might have to tune in from somewhere. I'll make it work. We will. The other problem is Tarkon. Maybe you get a guest on. Guest host. Maybe get maybe you should get a female guest host. We'll, we'll work on that. I like the sound of it. Uh, right, that's it. That's the show. We will that's talk it. to you next week. Uh, we'll yep. see you next week for episode ninety three of the Down South Photo Show. Thanks for tuning in. See you then. Catch you later. Bye. Bye-bye.